This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Can you believe it's October tomorrow? I can't believe it. Time flies when you're having fun. Hopefully you're having some fun. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, registered nurse, nurse continence advisor, and sex expert. And this is the Sunday Night Health Show, a show that is all about health, your health. Your health is your wealth and leads to a longer, happier life and even better relationships, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, relational, and yes, 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 even sexual. That's the cue to put the children to bed because we always uncover what lies beneath the covers here on the Sunday Night Health Show. So listener discretion is advised. I have a passion for evidence-based health information to guide you so that the life you lead is the best it can be. My aim is to provide you with up-to-date information so that you know there are options for treatment. This show is not a replacement for a visit to your doctor or psychiatrist for that matter. (laughs) I am no shrink, Um, but I might give you some advice in that arena, but please (laughs) take it with a grain of salt. Tonight on the program, we're going to talk about when children are mislabeled as ADHD or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, how a device has been developed to help individuals with spinal cord injury to walk. I'm so excited about this. And also your sex personality. What does your personality reveal about your sex life? Also, last week had a call at the end of the show. So please, if you're going to call me, call me at the beginning of the show so we can talk. I had a call at the end of the show from a gentleman called Frank uh, who was curious about how men are, and these are, you know, these are the intelligent men. These are the curious, intelligent men who are asking the question, how should I treat women in the workplace? What is okay? What isn't okay? What's off limits? So I'm going to be talking a little bit about that and also why men treat women the way they, why some men treat women the way they do in the workplace. Um, So we are going to get into the psyche of things a little bit. Uh, But if you need a psychiatrist, don't look to me. Uh, So we're going to be talking about that. And also going to be talking about Empty Cradle, a wonderful organization that uh, helps a lot of people who have suffered loss. And, uh, yeah, and if you want to call me, I suppose I should give you the number, one 399 9898 That's 1-877-399-9898. Or you can text me. You can text me at 604-449-8459. Andrew, good evening. How are you tonight? On the discussion of it being almost October, I'd like to remind everyone <laughs> that time is a social construct and it means nothing. I know that Say it, it that means to my things. wrinkles. <laughs> I know that it means things, but time is, you know, the concept but of I like know. segregating it into seconds. It's not real. Just but, live life. This, you, oh, I love that. Just live life. Unless you're on the clock, then you watch that thing un- until you're done. This but. is true. But who can really tell you when it's over? I mean, I, re- <laughs> I hear a lot of people say, you know, I, I, we heard that at the Brett uh, Kavanaugh hearings this, uh, this week. Uh, don't <laughs> and even we get heard, I believe it was uh, Lindsey Graham saying things like that Sc- Scalia was going to die and this <laughs> was going to die. Uh, and I thought anybody could get hit by a bus tomorrow. So you can't actually yeah. dictate when somebody is going to you die. You never know. When, no. when you're when your time is up. That's exactly right. So while you're here, make it the best it can be. Eat that donut. Absolutely. It's delicious. Yeah, yeah. No, the sugar Life, is, life a isn't worth living if you can't eat the food that you love. <laughs> eat the occasional donut. That's fine. You've got to treat yourself. Otherwise, what's the point? You certainly do. Well, I really appreciate that, Andrew, that, that optimistic attitude toward life. I love that's that. That's how I feel. Time isn't real. I, it's well, fine. Well, I feel like the time is whatever. Uh, I wish it weren't so real. Uh, but... Um, 
you know, I really feel that, you know, there's no better way. I mean, we all have troubles, but there's no better way to approach life than with an optimistic, happy respectful, be kind to others. Just just be nice. Well, Why yeah. do people have to fly off the handle and snap at other people? And Like, life's too short to spend your time being awful it, to people. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> like, like, come on. You're like an angel, Andrew. Uh, I'm like, uh, no. Thank you, though. <laughs> I hope that's okay. I don't know. I'm, sure, might, it's, I'm sure it's <laughs> to fine. Say that I'm, you're an angel. I don't think I'll be getting any, like, angry, like, calls from people. But, <laughs> Let's you know. hope not. But we did get a, qu- a questioning one last week. I'm going to address that a little bit. Which but, was, uh, again, that's a good question. It was a great and question. people will make it. fun of people like that for saying, oh, what do you mean you don't know? Or, like... What's the point of belittling someone for asking a question? Exactly. It's better to ask than to make a I, guess or I think it is. not ever learn. And, and in fairness to Frank, he did suggest that I had perhaps offended you. And that's a fair that's fair game. That's fair game. And, you know, I, I'm not sure. I really don't like to defend myself, you know, to be defensive. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard not to. But I want to say I'm not sure Frank knows of my uh, the work that I do in sexual health. Mm-hmm. And so, because I think, because I, I will make jokes and innuendos around sex and sexuality because I can. And in a lot of circumstances, <laughs> it's the easiest way to break that ice. It certainly is. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure if Frank did. Hopefully he's listening tonight. And uh, Thank you, so Frank. we're going to look into... <laughs> Hello, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I get a lot of uh, emails and messages from Franks. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but anyway, nonetheless, we'll get back and we're going to focus now because we're going to talk about attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which is a mental disorder of the neurodevelopmental type. It is characterized by problems paying attention, excess activity, or difficulty controlling behavior, which is not appropriate for a person's age. Derek Jacqueline joins me in the studio to talk about having been mislabeled as attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or ADHD and mistreated as well with Ritalin uh, when he was a child and what that did to him professionally. That actually led to a pretty good career because today he's a serial entrepreneur with a global business and he's in the studio with me. Good evening, Derek. Good evening. I'm grateful to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you are. That's it. Another optimistic attitude and gratitude is is attitude for sure. So as a child, you were uh, mislabeled, uh, misdiagnosed uh, with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. We have a lot of kids that are, are diagnosed with this today, and, and oftentimes it's more awareness, or, and, and sometimes it can, in fact, be a mistake, uh, you know, because it's uh, subjective quite often, um, you know, some of the testing, and oftentimes kids have problems at home but not in school and vice versa. So what led you to be uh, labeled as such? So from my experience, you know, I grew up in Swift Current, Saskatchewan, you know, a kid, less than 20,000 people in population, failed grade one of public school, was then misdiagnosed with a learning disability and a reading disability until I'd never amount really much to go far in life. And so from grade one to grade 12, I was put into special education classes all throughout school. And to me, I was a very visual learner. I like to learn by seeing things and actually doing things by action. And so I didn't conform to the public school system to sit there and conform with a teacher or teachers. And so I was put on a drug called Ritalin for a number of years. And by age seven, I created my own little business called Rent-A-Kid. I'd go out and cut grass, shovel sidewalks, deliver newspapers and Swift Current. And by the time I was nine, 10 years old, I was hiring my best friends in my neighborhood to help me out and work with me. And by the time I got into junior high school, I realized, okay, I was one of the dumbest kids in school, you know, a D student. So I would go out and hire the A students to do my homework after school and evenings and weekends. And that's basically how I got through school. 
Well, sounds like you were pretty smart to me. I have a question for you about those special classes that, that you were in. Did that make you feel different from the other kids in the school? Did that make Completely. you feel less than the other children? That, Absolutely. What did that do to your self-esteem at that um, time? Very low self-esteem. You know, a lot of judging, labeling, bullying, um, a lot of make fun of, cla- you know, you're the class clown. There's a separation thing that you feel that you're in this, you know, small little group of kids that, you know, goes down the hallway to a different door and the regular kids go to a different school part of the door. And, uh, you know, you're not part of, like, when they talk about team spirit and school activities, you don't feel like you're a part of that. You feel like you're part of this little specialized group of a small group of kids that have learning disabilities, reading disabilities, and mental challenge issues, right? And now, what did Ritalin do for you? And Ritalin is a, uh, it, it's basically speed. It's effectively speed, but it has a, a, a way, or it, it has a mechanism, I should say, that uh, calms the brain down, the brains down of those with whose brains are, you know, on fire, have issues with executive function. So organization and attention, that type of thing. So what did the Ritalin do to you? Great question. For myself personally, from my experience, it actually made me numb me. I felt like a zombie. And I just, I just slowed me right down. Like I just, you know, in terms of focus, it, it didn't allow me to focus. I just felt like I was really tired all the time and really sluggish. And so it didn't allow me to be focused in class. It just felt me like really, really tired. And how long did they keep you on that medication? You know what? That's a good question. I don't remember exactly how many years I was. Mm-hmm. It was a few years I was on it until I started selling it at school. Not like a drug dealer, but I started giving it to my friends and stuff like that. And then I got called down to the office and it was distributed by the, uh, one of the people in the, uh, in the, the school uh, office to do that because the kids were curious about what this stuff would do and they wanted to experience, experience with it. I've never done drugs in my life other than riddling my life. But uh-huh. it was, so, so you were sharing it with your friends saying, you know, well, why don't you try this? It's terrible for me. but yeah. Because they used to call <laughs> me in a class and say, you've got to take your medication. Oh, I see. And I so see. I would, every day at a certain time, I was taking out a class. And so the students started to know there was a, a pattern here going right. on that, okay, why is he leaving the class for a couple minutes every day? What's he going to do? Right, right. I see. So, so uh, do you feel like there are some, oftentimes people who have an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit, you know, they have a lot of energy, they, um, you know, they can handle risk, they can, you know, be in 10 places at, at once. Mm-hmm. And um, do you feel that that's more your personality? Yeah, so I'm, I'm both. I'm, I'm detail-oriented and big picture. Where I'm really skilled at is strategy and execution and mm-hmm. building teams of people. So I can go from doing to directing. So I can see the bigger picture. Then I can look at the details like a puzzle, break it down to a piece of puzzle. Then look at who I've networked or who I've met, either on or offline. And then create opportunities where those people can plug them into and then to execute and move it towards the finish line and get it done. Now, are you incredibly organized, or do you have people in your world I'm that do or- that for you? I'm incredibly organized when it comes to business stuff, extremely organized. In my personal life, in regards to like housekeeping and so that, we hire people to do all that stuff. But if I was you know, grocery shopping, to me, if I go around to Costco, I'm lost. Because my attention span is very short. Right. But I can go out, like, I'm just doing a, I'm just finishing off a, a $2.2 billion business deal right now in real estate. Yeah, me too. Extremely focused. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, okay, well, I had a question for you about your $2.2 billion. No, about the attention. So your attention mm-hmm. span is short. And so you have the ability, you have the means to hire somebody uh, to clean your house. So if it were left up to you and you didn't have the means to hire somebody, would you, what would your personal life look like, your home? So I have a relationship. So we, we never mind the relationship. Yeah. I want the duty shared. Yeah, so I we, don't want that. So it's not a high priority of activity. 
So I would it probably just cluttered, and, I, and it wouldn't be a priority to me to, to do things. I, so I would just right. leave it as a low priority activity to me. Yeah, and it would just be there'd be cluttered, and if somebody came over, I would have to clean up in a sense of urgency. Okay, so those are kind of two things that that align with somebody with attention deficit disorder. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to For diagnose sure. you, but anyway, we're going to go to break. We're going to talk a little bit more about this and and what one can do when they have symptoms such as you have. Not that you have a diagnosis of ADHD, but some of those symptoms and how you can cope with those besides hiring a maid. I'm Maureen. McGregor. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. If you want to call me at all, the number to call is 1-877-399-9898. That's 1-877-399-9898. It's a free call across Canada. Uh, Also, you can text me, 604-449-8459. I feel like we're talking about attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. I feel like I might have it. I've uh, called our guest by the wrong name. His name is actually Darren Jacklin, and he has so graciously joined me in the studio to talk about having been improperly diagnosed as a child with ADHD. And I want to read some of the symptoms of ADHD. If any of these um, align with you, you may or may not have it. Avoidance of activities involving sustained focus, decreased awareness of consequences, decreased motivation, disorganization, fidgeting, forgetfulness, Frequent talking, here's where I come in, hyperactivity are some of the symptoms of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder with which Darren was diagnosed as a child. He was treated with Ritalin, which is a medication used to treat attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. It changes the amount of particular natural substances in the brain. It belongs to a classification of medications known as stimulants, stimulants, and it may help increase your ability to pay attention, stay focused on an activity, and control behavior problems. And it may also help you to organize your tasks and improve listening skills. It does have side effects, and some of the side effects can be anger, irritability, uh, and, um, you know, some things that aren't, uh, don't make you, and make you flat as well. A lot of people say that it makes them feel numb, as Darren said earlier. So Darren, thanks for staying in the studio with me. And I'm sorry to hear that you've had uh, this, but you, you said, you know, we, we all have a little, few of these symptoms and we like to stay organized. You, you said if you didn't have, hire a housekeeper, you would your house might not be as tidy as your business mm-hmm. is because you like focusing on business, I imagine. You know, I like, I like having a tidy house and nothing pleases me more than organizing it all. Um, anyway, but uh, we have a caller on the line. Uh, coming up very shortly. Um, but anyway, I, and so I did, I have, I've talked about this on the show. I hired a declutterer. I work alongside with her. I'm so happy. You know, my neighbor came over. He's really good looking. Anyway, <laughs> we call him the hot neighbor. He came over and he asked me for parsley and I knew exactly where it was. <laughs> Although I made a mistake because I really don't like to cook that much. I have um, better skills. But anyway, um, I don't like to cook that much, but I knew where the parsley was. And I'm like, I even have the real McCoy, but I got that mixed up too, because the parsley was flakes in the cupboard. And then I'd had some parsley flakes in a bag in the fridge. So I was thinking that that was the real thing, but it wasn't. Anyway, so we can all become less attentive. So what did this do to you and how would you recommend um, people to, you know, deal with their kids who might uh, fail grade one, for example, which is, you know, kind of funny. (laughs) You know, great question. From, so from my experience, the thing is that everybody has ADHD, whether it's, it's an area of their personal life, there are certain areas. I learned from a guy by the name of Dr. John Demartini, who's been a great friend and mentor of mine, who's a human behavioral specialist who travels the planet. 
And what the key thing is what you want to look at is each. So, for example, if a child has, um, you know, extremely focused on a video game, but they can't do their homework or make their bed or do their chores or, you know, pick up their room, that child, you know, can focus for a certain period of time or several hours for a period of time playing that video game. I, I couldn't do that. I get bored very quickly. So that kid has very high attention to focus that. I've always said that ADHD is attention developed to higher dimension. Okay. We have a call uh, from Sherry from listening in from Carbon, Alberta. Hello, Sherry. Hi. I was just um, wanting to give you a bit of information, I guess. My son was um, very hyperactive, had no attention span. At, this was at about three and a half years of age. And I had a pediatrician for him, and I thought it was sugar that made him hyper. But she said no, and to cut out every food in my cupboards and fridge that had nitrates in it. Mm-hmm. I removed all those foods. Three days later, I have a son who's sitting and playing with a toy for a time period, paying attention to what I'm saying. It was, it was a miraculous turnaround. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And nitrites bother a lot of people, and they are in a lot of foods. And it sounds like maybe, uh, potentially, he had an allergy to that. Um, is that something that you would uh, suggest for um, people who may be diagnosing their children. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, uh, first of all, I want to say that Canada eats a lot of processed foods, and, which is where you find nitrates, like bacon and ham and hot dogs. And, um, and, but they, you know, they, they are preservatives, um, but they can, can harm people. So what would you say if a, if a parent is having problems with their child, staying focused? Find out what they do. A- ask questions and become curious in regards to a parent or legal guardian. You know, what does your kid like to do? And if they like things in terms of like, you know, if they watch TV shows like Dragon's Den or Shark Tank on television, they have an entrepreneur mindset. You know, as a kid, I like to have the lemonade stand, deliver the newspapers. And what do you do today? Because we have 30 seconds left and, you know, you're a successful I, guy. I travel the world. I sit on paid boards of directors of public companies. One's a NASDAQ company, uh, you know, do a lot of real estate investing around the planet and, and uh you know, travel and train a lot of people. I've done a lot of things. If people just Google me. They can see a lot of stuff, darrenjacklin.com, but uh, do a lot of stuff across the planet. That's fantastic. Darren, thank you so much for joining Grateful me. I to be apologize here. for calling you Derek and not Darren Jacklin. All good. Anyway, <laughs> so carry on with your uh, great success. That's wonderful. I'm really happy for you. And I'm so glad that you're a happy, healthy, engaged entrepreneur living life to the fullest. And I'm Maureen McGrath, and you're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. I am a registered nurse, a nurse continence advisor, and a sex expert. I deal with lots of health issues, and uh, we were just talking about ADHD, and now we're going to be talking about, uh, uh, in this half an hour, why why some people treat other people the way they do in the workplace. But I have Catherine on the line from Surrey, British Columbia. Hello, Catherine. Hi, Maureen. How are I you? A, good. You're good? I'm good, thank you. Yes, that's nice of you to ask. <laughs> you too. I just had a quick question. Um, if if a child takes Ritalin and it makes them hyper, does that mean they don't have ADHD? It doesn't necessarily mean that they don't uh, have ADHD. It, it may mean it may have something to do with the dose. It may have something to do with there's there's a number of different uh, neuro uh, neurological medications for. Uh, ADHD, Concerta is another one. So it, it sometimes this is a trial and error um, with kids. Now the other thing is that it, you know, is, if you're certain that ADHD is the diagnosis, so you want to you want to be certain of that. 
as well. Yeah. But if a medication is not working for somebody, it, it is not advised to be taking it, but to, it's best to go back to your doctor and have that conversation. Because a lot of kids with ADHD or ADD, the, where, where there's inactivity, but uh, with a lack of attention, attentive focus, um, they might have problems falling asleep at night. And, and so if it's making them more hyper, then they're going to you know, have their problems about falling asleep are going to be worsened. So you don't want any medication ever to make it anybody worse. So it's best to go back, you know, and stay on it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for the call. And if you want to call me, the number to call is one 877 399 Or you can email, you can text me, 604-449-8459. And you can email me, com. So there's lots of opportunity for us to have a conversation Um, But one thing I wanted to talk about uh, before we get to the caller, we'll uh, get to that in a little bit, um, is about how men treat women in the workplace. (laughs) Sometimes it's not the best. We're we're viewing, if you've had an opportunity to look at uh, the Brett Kavanaugh and Dr. Christine Blasey Ford uh, hearings last week, and really depending on what side of the uh, coin you're on, Democrat or Republican, you know, that has a lot to do with how you're perceiving what's going on there. There's a few things that I noted about those hearings. One was that uh, women, uh, particularly on Fox News, were not referring to her as her full name. So and they didn't give her her salutation. So they were calling her Ms. Ford. In fact, I tweeted out, dear ladies at Fox News, <laughs> she is Dr. Blasey Ford. The other thing is people are, if you notice this in the media, sometimes uh, people in particular media, like mainly Fox News, they're calling her Dr. Blase Ford, which denotes that she's Blase. <laughs> there has been a lot of commentary on her what they're what the media what Twitter is calling a vocal fray, uh, they called it a vocal fry, but um, so they were saying and and, it, and they were saying it was sort of her Valley Girl uh, way that she was delivering this, uh, delivering the information. Uh, and so they were diagnosing her on Twitter, basically. And that's not a, vo- a vocal fry. She was very nervous. We've never heard from her before. We don't know what her voice sounds like when she is teaching in a class. Uh, but, but that was picked upon as well. Um, you know, so, so there's, there's, all, there's a sort of this automatic, she mustn't be intelligent if she has that voice. I think she has at least two, two master's and two PhDs or one master's, and master's degree and two PhDs. Anyway, she's a fairly accomplished woman, a very bright woman. And, uh, but there's a lot of people that feel it's, it's uh, political chicken and, and that it was kind of a, you know, came at the last minute. It came because the midterm elections are incredibly important uh, in the U.S. And then, and then as well, looking at Brett Kavanaugh, uh, looking at his anger, a lot of people said that Donald Trump said that's the way he should behave, that he's actually a really nice guy and, and a family man. Um, you know, and there's a lot of people saying there's no corroborative evidence. So, you know, it's, it's – um, it is interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how the FBI investigation, the very limited FBI investigation, pans out this week, and also the impact of all of this on the midterm elections. And I, I think women are going to be enraged if uh, if it goes a certain way. And and I think that um, we're going to be talking about this later on in the program, sex doll brothels. And I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to have to go to those sex doll brothels, even though I'm against them, because the women are going to be too big. 
busy, just too busy making signs and protesting. <laughs> so they're not going to be able to, you know what, with you. It might be a little early in the program to discuss this, but yes, Andrew, you look like I, here. <laughs> I don't, I, I really don't like jumping in, but I feel like. I love it. <laughs> oh, thank you. At least somebody, at least somebody appreciates it. Yeah. But no, I feel like, like as a guy, it's, why not use your voice to say something helpful instead of, you know, twiddling your thumbs on the sidelines? When when you're witnessing somebody yeah. being mistreated in the workplace, yeah, like that, and like with everything else, like with the whole debacle with Dr. Blasey Ford and and Brett Kavanaugh, it, it's sickening to me. Yeah, that it, the way and like the way that you know they're saying it's Miss Ford or Blase, like the Blase Ford made me lose my mind. Oh, thanks. I thought I was the only one that like, noticed this. <laughs> that that really bugged me. It drives me crazy, and, like, and it's it, intentional. We know that it's intentional. You why know? can't we treat you know people as people? And be objective. It's really hard for people to be objective. I'm American. Like, I'm, you know, I, I'm American, and and I feel that I am objective on this. I don't want to go into the whole thing about it, you know. But I I can see both sides a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, I, and but I nobody could uh, describe it in the way Saturday Night Live did in Matt Dan. That <laughs> was just did very a, well done. That was fantastic. Oh, it was very well done. You know, and I just I just heard the part about uh, my keg is half full, which I missed. <laughs> That was really funny. I actually missed that one. Uh, you got to go back and watch it. It was really good. Well, yeah. Well, I did. I watched it, but I actually missed that oh. line when I when I <laughs> when I, uh, I I just heard it then, and I, I heard the half full part, but I must have missed the keg thing. Anyway, brilliant. And sometimes the best way to talk about particular subjects is through humor, and it, it and breaks the ice. It certainly does. It, it just makes it makes it more comfortable. It dispels the veil of you know awkwardness and insecurity that you might feel about it. It does, but the jokes have to be appropriate. Yes. You can't be making jokes at the expense of one party here because you want to or you can. If you want to enable that discussion, if you're using humor, you have to do it right. That's right. And you can't, if you're using inappropriate humor, you can't do it repeatedly, repeatedly against one person as though it's a campaign. And Mm -hmm. that's part of workplace bullying. It's often a campaign. A person is targeted. Uh, It's somebody that wants to take somebody else down. I, I often say they want to put out your light for their darkness because they, they pick people out uh, in the workplace who are happy, who are bright, who are, you know, starry, you know, sunny people, those, those types of personalities. I don't know. You know anyone like that, Andrew? <laughs> Not here, but I have known people like that. Yes. Well, you're a sunny personality. <laughs> I try. I try. You're a nice guy. I try. Good uh, segue, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll go back to uh, hiding. Thank you, Andrew. No. <laughs> Put him in his place. Uh, typically, it's men putting women in their places, especially in the workplace. And and uh, we had this great call last week. And I want to I want to I do want to let uh, men know for those who are interested on how you should be treating women in the workplace. But I always like the wise first. And you know, sometimes in the workplace. You know, if I if I were really blunt and really bold, uh, so and as brazen as people think that I am, I might tell you the actual truth about why I think men uh, treat women the way that they do. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it because I think it's the same as the golf course too. I think that um, men really don't want women in the in the workplace or the golf place. I mean, they and they don't or, or on the golf course. They're not aware of it. It's subliminal. I am no psychiatrist. Should you need to talk to a psychiatrist, go to Talkspace.com or something like that, but not me. Uh, but I just get this sense. And, you know, I'll give you an example one time that that drove it home for me, pun intended, on the golf course. <laughs> I was, I had done this contract for a company, a big company, and I had worked for a year and I had saved that 
uh, contract for them. I know I did, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I really worked hard on it, and I really helped them. And then about uh, 12 months into the contract, they hired a they hired two physicians, and one of them, you know, did do a lot of work in the month, and the other one, he was kind of the secondary guy. And they're great guys. Love them. They're fantastic. So the whole team comes out from the east, the owners of the company, they come out from the east, and I'm the one who had saved it. Not only did they barely say hello to me, they only invited the two men to play golf and have dinner, and they've obviously discussed the business. And, you know, it was... I was excluded and I actually play golf. <laughs> I can play golf. And I was, I just thought that is just so classic. You know, they, they were literally completely admiring the two male physicians and, you know, bowing to them practically as, as if they could. Um, but for me, I was ignored and, and not invited to that. And that's, you know what, that happens all the time. That's just a classic thing that, you know, again, stamping my belief that men don't want women on the golf course. That's why there's Ladies Tuesday, Tuesday you know. Um, and, and besides, my father used to say that, oh, it's Ladies Day. I don't want to play today. <laughs> so I think you're horrible. Anyway, so that's one thing. But you know what? The real issues are there are, for some men in some workplaces, in some uh, jobs more so than others, there's an intense issue of entitlement and power and control that has gone unchecked that may lead some men to situations where some men feel it's perfectly fine to engage in these types of inappropriate behaviors in the workplace with women. So they may put them down, they may not promote them, they may not mentor them, there's a lot of things that they may not do. And also some, well, Men are surrounded by a culture that reduces women to sexualized objects. You know, let's face it. And, and in some cases, the sex brothels, it's reducing them to the dehuman, they're dehumanizing women, basically. And that normalizes female colleagues in less than a professional way. And some women, uh, you know, some women are perceived not as people, by some men in the offices, they're not perceived as people, but they're perceived as fantasy sex objects without personal sexual boundaries. And so sometimes people make these sexual advances on women in the office, and it's inappropriate and uncomfortable. But it's, I honestly think, you know, society is to blame for all this. I'm not blaming men. It's, it's what's bred in the bone remains in the flesh. And, and so that is something that a lot of men are raised with, these ideas. It's, 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 you're surrounded by it in the media. And, and so this, you know, the culture is normalized. And, you know, a lot of women don't speak up, won't speak up, and they're afraid to speak up because of repercussions around loss of job or an impact, a negative impact on their career. And somebody tweeted, poor Brett Kavanaugh, his, his life is ruined. His, he'll never be able to um, coach his daughter's basketball team or um, do, uh, teach at Harvard Law School. And I tweeted and said, it's never the men who lose their jobs when women are sexually harassed. It is the women that lose their jobs. When women speak up and women complain, women are ousted. And, and that is problematic for 
all of us, for many people, because evidence shows us, the research shows us that oftentimes companies run by women do a lot better. They actually do a lot better financially. And, you know, the other thing, speaking of finances, some men don't treat money and power with grace. So they get to a certain level, the CEO level perhaps, you know, where there are more men than women, it's widely known. And they feel that they're because of their power, this perceived power, this perceived unhealthy power within, that they can treat people in whatever way they want to. So these are some of the reasons. And if you have other reasons, I would love to hear from you. Other reasons that you think. And, you know, sometimes people feel badly about themselves. This is something else. And they, they actually want to put your light out for their darkness. And because they, they feel if they put you down, they might feel better about themselves. And you know what? It's, it doesn't work that way. And that's, that's a perpetual negative uh, attitude, and it will only bring you trouble. Okay, so when I come back, we're going to talk about um, how you guys should treat women in the workplace. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Last week, we had a great call from a listener who was wondering how he should behave in the workplace. Let's, let's go to that, Andrew. Hi, Maureen. Um, enjoy the show. I was Thank just you. listening to you uh, uh, mention that you had experienced sexual harassment. Um, and I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, but you, then you listed a bunch of the things that constitute harassment. And uh, one of them was was sexual joking, and it just it reminded me that ten minutes ago or fifteen minutes ago earlier in your show before a commercial, uh, you were joking with one of your producers or somebody, and and it was, it was a sexual. There was well, this is the the, the sex show, the health show, so it, it had an innuendo, and it was definitely a sexual joke. Um, when are men or women supposed to know that it's over the line? I mean, is it an obvious thing? But and often it is. But sometimes you're not sure of the other the criteria of different people of crossing the line is is more so in the workplace because it happens in in the instruction everywhere all the time. What do you think? What's your input? Okay, I think uh, I love the question. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, if you make a joke, I'm not trying to defend myself, but a joke with someone you know that you work with that is, you know, respectful, it's not against Andrew, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. You know, if it's, Andrew had a problem, as he said last week, he would have told me that he did. Now, there are certain things that are, you know, some rules for men to act professionally in the workplace with women. And sometimes they know this and sometimes they don't. Um, but you may not have been educated to not to add a nickname to a person. So, you know, you don't need to say, you know, thanks for that report, sweetie, or uh, thanks for that report, hun, uh, or doll or love at the end of it. It's creepy and, it, and it's cringeworthy. So you don't, you definitely don't have to do that. Um, and we'll flip to something like Louis C.K. did in, in, the, um, in his workplace and where he exposed himself because he didn't know that masturbating in front of somebody was um, not cool. 
<laughs> so that's also not cool. But uh, think about it. Would you say this to a male colleague? Would you masturbate in front of a male colleague? Uh, so this is a very helpful thing to ask yourself before. If you have impulsivity issues, deal with the impulsivity, but it's never an excuse. So it, also, is this something you'd want on the front page of the local newspaper? Is this something you would want your mother to hear? So think about that. And the only way, and you know, sometimes you can see something, they, they might look nice and, and, you know, say, you can say, oh, you look nice today. That's fine. But don't say, you look hot today or, oh, uh, you know, there's so-and-so and and she's so hot. Um, Or don't call them a woman gorgeous or sexy or cute. Uh, Nice is not a sexualized term. The other ones are. And also consider women for opportunities. I love the brotherhood. I love that bro club because it's so tight. (laughs) It doesn't matter what. You give jobs to each other. You uh, do that for your sons. You do that for your friends. Uh, You know, and I wish the sisterhood had the same kind of glue. Um, But also women uh, need to be fairly, uh, you know, provided with the opportunities that men are. So, you know, go out of your way to recall women who are qualified. Think about that before you automatically give it to the guy, uh, because that's not necessarily fair. And then you'll end up with something like the Senate Judiciary Committee, which has uh, only four women out of 21, I think it is. So 17, 16 or 17 men, old white men with gray hair, um, that are, and they're all Republicans and the women are Democrats. So, you, you know, that's just so imbalanced and you're actually not going to get the best, um, productivity out of your company or your work. So uh, don't really talk about whether you would sleep with somebody at work with either directly to a woman or about a woman with another male colleague. Colleague, Yeah, yeah, just don't do that. And also watch your physical distance. This is something I notice. You know, people are just, just they're right on top of you. They get so close. They touch you. Um, you know, and it's, it's inappropriate um, to, so physical space is important. And the other thing is sexual space. Don't tell them about your sex capades. Just because you're not hitting on your female colleague, it doesn't mean she wants to hear about the times you hit on other women. So don't hit on her. Don't talk about hitting on anybody else. So these are some of the rules. Also emails. Be really careful with your emails because it is documentation. So maybe you weren't taught that don't email uh, somebody you work with and ask them for a threesome. It's not cool. If it's something that you think your wife wouldn't be upset if she read that, <laughs> um, then okay, it's okay. But uh, if she would be upset about it, so that's another one. If your wife or girlfriend would be upset, you know, find out if your comment is productive. Anyway, so that's a little bit of guidance for you guys. If you have any questions at all, one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you are listening <laughs> to some helpful hints about how to behave in the workplace on the Sunday Night Health Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.